do this. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Welcome to another episode of Prison Talk with Jamie Mead and Emma Charleston. Um, on this episode, we're, we're just going to have a, a conversation on the birth of second look sentencing in Michigan and how it came about and who was instrumental in um, bringing it to Michigan and the status of it now so our listeners will know um, where it's at and what it may include mm. um, so they'll know that it, it most likely will affect their loved ones and so we will need we will send out a, a, a call for everyone to start contacting their state representatives and state senators um, after it has been introduced which is gonna which is the 19th of April isn't it in Lansing isn't there some uh, meeting or press conference happening Yes, there's uh, April the 19th is uh, considered the launch. They have a short rally from 8.30 to 9. Then 9.30 or 9 to 10 is a press conference or 9 to 9.30, somewhere around there. Yeah. And then after that, there's a uh, like a half an hour uh, literature mm-hmm. um, dump, I think they called it, or something like that. It's, it's a drop. To, to just inform people what it's about and um, and that's in Lansing. That's in Lansing, isn't it? And so, yes, it's in Lansing, Michigan, at the state capitol. State capitol. Well, I won't be there because I'm in Australia. Um, but if I was there, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we keep on getting bumped. Um, it was scheduled for April the 12th, and it changed to April the 19th, um, and the day after. There's supposed to be a rally or gathering on April the 20th for the good time legislation yeah. um, from um, the Michigan Advocacy, um, I think that's what it's called, yeah. Justice Advocacy yeah. um, group, that their, their proposed legislation that will be, I think Jeff Irwin is sponsoring that, and Stephanie Chang is the primary sponsor for the Second Look sentencing legislation. Right, so second second look. Obviously, it's something that exists in other states, so it's not a brand new idea that's just popped up out of Michigan. Clearly, no, no, no. It's it's been it's it's fairly new um, across the country. Mm. It was um, considered a hybrid sentencing scheme mm. that would um, permit judges to revisit a sentence after someone has served so much time, a, a specified number yeah. um, within the bill. Um, they can come back and see how the person is doing in the prison um, and potentially re- give them a new sentence, yeah. resentence him so, based on his conduct. Because we've, um, we've done episodes yeah. on second look. Well, we, we have done one on second look itself. Yeah. But we were talking, like when I first met you, when I was first talking to you, you were... All I knew about Second Look was the fact that you were writing a draft of the bill or something like TARP, like the Adolescent Redemption Project, as they were known then. Somehow or other, you guys were all involved in something like that. So from my knowledge, that's that's how I learned about Second Look. So what is it? What is it? Like, how did it begin, I suppose? Because I know what it is, and I'm assuming Um, people listening know what it is. How did it begin? 
in in 2019, the National Lifers of America launched their first rally in Lansing. Um, and when I say National Lifers of America, that is inside the prison system yeah. of the state of Michigan. Um, it's an organization that functions within the prison that is permitted to function through the Michigan Department of Corrections for lifers to gather and um, run classes, propose legislation, work on ideas to make um, the criminal justice system better. Yeah. Well, using using we, lived experience, so Huh? Using like lived experience and lived knowledge, so to speak, because you guys are in prison. Yeah. You, you guys know what you yes. need. Yes. And and a lot of us have education, so we're we're able to uh, formulate evidence based ideas and pr propose things to state senators and state legis or state representatives. In 2019, we launched our first rally which was in mass incarceration rally mm. in Lansing. Um, we had approximately two to 300 participants show up, which was a great thing for a in-prison organized rally yeah. that was going to take a effect out there. Um, and, and then in um, 2021, well, two, yeah, 2021, 2020, mm. um, we were, um, Josh Puckett had come up with the idea to create um, the Adolescent Redemption Project, which was to focus on people under 25 because yeah. of new brain development. Yeah. And we were coming up with the idea of how to use the new science to increase the age because the U.S. Supreme Court put it at under 18. Yeah. So we were coming up with a bill and Kristen uh, Wiesenberg and Laurel Young um, were the attorneys working with TARP, and we combined effort with the National Lifers of America and made an agreement to always work together yep. because we had more of a platform because TARP was outside of prison and NLA was inside of prison. Yeah. So what we did was, um, while we was coming up with an idea of how to raise the age through a proposed legislation, Hmm. Um, I stumbled on to some of the recent bills that were being passed in other states and the American Bar Association and uh, uh, the National Criminal Defense Association or something like that. It's I can't remember the acronym for it. Yeah. Um, they had been encouraging states to adopt a second look sentencing. So I brought it to the attention of Christian Wiesenberg, Josh Puckett, and Laurel Young, and they were all, we were all in a meeting, and they were all typing in, looking at it. So it went from there. Yeah. And in 2021, we had planned a rally, a second rally, after COVID hit, which knocked the, first, the 2020 rally down. Yeah. Um, we went forward in 2021 with the rally. Mm. Well, we titled it Second Look, Second Chance legislation rally um basically yeah and so we invited a bunch of people and a um, bunch of organizations like we did before and yeah. um it caught the eye of the sentencing project mm. um we we contacted them and they had been working on second look legislation anyway and yeah um we actually drafted a bill in 2020 yeah. 
2020, I believe it was, we actually drafted a bill mm. and um, was passing, circling it around, circulating it around to people asking uh, comments and stuff. Yeah. And um, at that time, some of the organizations in Michigan, the advocacy groups, um, refused to support the second look mm. legislation. Why? And they wanted to support. Um, they were uh, supporting the campaign for fair sentencing of youth. They yeah. out of Washington D.C. Also, yeah. they were presenting a bill to end life without parole. Yeah. For um, so equally, equally important, in Michigan. equally important things that they felt. Yes, were more equally important. important. Yeah. And they just since TARP was a new organization and TARP was working with the NLA. Yeah. Those um, well-known organizations in Michigan just didn't see the benefit financially of supporting second look sentencing at that time. Yeah. And they thought um, Safe and Just actually said it would take 10 years to get such a bill passed. Yeah. Um, in the state of Michigan. Yeah. And now it's 2023, which is only two years later. Yeah. And that proposed legislation is about to go in. So they were absolutely wrong do you in their think, assessment. Do you think, but, though, um, because the sentencing project wasn't involved then, do you think at the time when they did make that assessment, they, you know, they made a fair call? Well, I think it was financially motivated. Yeah. I do believe it was financially motivated mm. um, because the campaign for fair sense in the youth was providing funding for them to get on board with that bill. And which is which is fair as an organization, but I mean, but also I look at, as funding. a nonprofit organization, it's it's about bettering what is you know better for the whole population. True, but I think funding suggests what there's definite passed. support, and it would be the smarter thing to go for. But anyway, you have that's beside the point. Minute remaining. So the sentencing project got on board. Yeah, they I mean, said it would take ten years. Here we are, two years later, and they're they're. Announcing yes. it on the nineteenth. Yes, and there's there's all these organizations that have originally snubbed their nose at us are all one hundred percent on board. Mm. And um, what what I don't like is that we're kind of pushed in the back. Yeah. Uh, you know, put in the back of it and mm. forgotten about that it was the NLA and TARP that initially got this ball rolling. And we'll keep talking about that when you and, ring back because we're going to hang up. Yes. Once yeah. we come back, yes. Um, and I just, I, you know, I just think that um, those of us on the inside should be given some credit yeah. for getting this ball rolling. Definitely. But hopefully our listeners will come back um, on this next um, segment or part to this episode. We might, this, we might talk about this for a while because the history of it and the, and, and the involvement of the NLA and people on the inside. Thank you for using GTL. Is an interesting thing, I think. All right, go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the second look sentencing legislation topic that we were discussing. And this is mm. Prison Talk with Jamie Mead and... Oh, Emma Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forget. Mm. No, well, I, I, um, somebody sent me a photo for um, for the second look thing that I want that I was just talking about. So I was like, oh my god, so soon, awesome. Anyway, let's stay on topic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and um, what was we? What were we? 
what were you saying before, when well, it was ended? Just you before, had kept just before it ended, I said, you know, like we've talked about this, the legislation itself, but I really like, because we were talking about the fact that, the you know, the NLA and TARP, you know, the sort of an, uh, NLA being inside prison, people inside prison had sort of started to push for that. And I just found that interesting. So I just wanted to talk yeah. about that. Uh, I just wanted to, that, to me that was interesting because you don't often think, well, I don't, often think of people yeah. inside prison sitting around trying to come up with, um, you know, legislation and things like that. You I've never thought of that. And so I'm yeah. surely others have it well, as I mean, well. there's, there's, um, I mean, there's, it's not a large group, you know, I not mean, obviously. out of 35,000 prisoners, 34,000 prisoners, you know, it's a small number compared to that many prisoners of course. being incarcerated in the state of Michigan. But, um, yeah, we do, you know, especially before COVID, because now the Department of Corrections uses COVID to restrict everything and to impede any type of positive um, movement through prisoners' yeah. organizations. But, um, yeah, we we came up with many ideas. We Prisoners are the ones that developed the idea of bringing um, troubled youth into the prison to talk to them, yeah. to try to, you know, um, help them get on the, the right path. Um, how effective? Um, those, how, how effective is that? Do you know? Well, I I believe it. I mean, if you could save one, mm. I think that's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you can, uh, you know, change just one individual, it's worth it. Mm. And and that's the same way I feel about programs inside prison. I think if the program can help one person change their life around and um, it's worth it sway him or, you know, pull him away from more crime. I think that's, you know, it's it's worth it because every year that one individual costs the state taxpayers $36,000. Mm. So if we can run a program that, that maybe costs the state of Michigan $800 yeah. and it saves one person out of 15 in that class, that's a... Definitely That's worth a, it. a very good investment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so... And people... Yeah. But back back to the topic of second look, it's... That's one thing that um, since I've been fully active, you know, in criminal justice reform, which has been for a couple decades, <laughs> yeah. um, I... Outside organizations, outside people, mm. don't give inside people, inside prison, enough credit. No. For, or they don't look at them ha as having the ability. And, and that's what's strange because if I was released today yeah. with a bachelor's degree in, in, in criminal justice from an accredited university mm. and with... Uh, one-third of a 75-credit master's degree program completed, mm. I would be employable in any of these organizations, and they would listen to me out there. Yeah. But because I'm on the inside, um, let's not give him enough voice. You know, let's not give him a, a, a platform, or let's not listen to him. You know, it's like you're not credi credible because you're on the inside, mm. but as soon as you step out, you're credible. Yeah. And and you can see that by all the ex 
cons that are working with these organizations. Yeah. 99% of them weren't even active inside prison with yeah. criminal justice reform and advocacy work. Yeah. But once they got out, they became active, and they're the most credible things ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, and I... Credible people ever. And I, <laughs> and I suppose, though, in a, in a respect, that's kind of part of the price you pay, isn't it? You know, like it's not yeah. fair. It's not. It's not nice. But that's kind of the price. That's kind of part of the part and parcel of the prison sentence. That yeah. sort of exclusion but, you know, from one society. Thing, one thing that that those advocacy groups don't realize. Yeah. That if you don't work with us on the inside, like the National Lifers of America, the NAACP, you don't. Um, at least the, the leadership yeah. roles, if you don't work with us, then how do you get the families Jeez. of prisoners to contact and do things? Yeah. Because if we can't have people working with us and show the prison population that, yeah, those outside people are working with us, and then we can attract more membership, Yeah. How do we how do we get them to convince them to get their families to attend rallies? How do we get them to and convince them to have their families call their state representatives or their senators? Yeah, it, it's 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 like a you know right there is is the lack of insight of leadership of those organizations. If they are truly for change, then you should want to work with us so we could be convincing to other prisoners. Yeah. Because, and I suppose that would, that would, that makes sense. You know, word of mouth with it inside the prison and they talk to their families, there's going to be more people not talking about. Like I noticed some Facebook comments because I'm friends with some people and they've been sort of posting about the change from the 12th of April to the 19th of, of April. And I've noticed some people sort of saying, what's happening? What, what's going on? Like they don't even know about it at all. So there'd be more word of mouth. Yeah, they don't even, no, because we can't, we can't get them interested enough to, to attend meetings because we don't have outside organizations in the state of Michigan that, that want to work with us because whether they don't look at us as credible, they don't look at us as a resource, um, whatever their um, reasoning is, lack of insight and, uh, and or their you know, reasoning behind it. But I like to say lack of insight because <laughs> of course for those to be running these organizations, who are they running it for? Yeah. Those that's incarcerated and those families that are suffering because of mass incarceration. So you can't get the families, our families, unless you go through us. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, I, that, I think, um, I, I think that's definitely part of, that's definitely part of it. So anyway, getting back to the original point I wanted to discuss, because we always go off topic. So the NLA and yeah. TARP came up, is it safe to say they came up with some sort of version of Michigan's second look legislation as it is, in, as it is currently? Obviously, it's been changed yes. and all the rest of it to some degree. Yes, yes. yes. They, they came up with the, the original, the first uh, version of it um, using the outline that was provided by Again, the National Criminal Defense Association, or whatever it is, uh, yeah, it's something. One of those uh, titles. Yeah. <laughs> um, we use their outline that they were promoting states to look at. Yeah. Um, 
and put it in bill format yeah. and circulated it around the state and around, you know, to organizations. And despite, know, and despite by the sounds of things, people not being that interested in the beginning, may, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. It, it, everyone, you know, like I said, everyone thought it was going to, it would take millions of dollars. I think that's what Safe and Just Michigan said. It will take millions, $10 million and, 10 years or something like that. It was it was a ridiculous number. Yeah. Um, well, maybe at that time, maybe at that time it would have. It would have, would have, because the well, world has changed a great deal. Let's give them, let's yes, give them some once, leeway. Once, once they, they, they saw the sentencing project coming into Michigan, mm. Alexandra Bailey, mm. and, and getting involved with TARP, yeah. Because that's an outside organization, and meeting all of us NLA members that's on the inside, yeah. and working with us, yeah. then then the ball started rolling. Because with Alexandra Bailey became in funding, yeah, for lobbying and everything else. So and, and also, now the organization, I think I think I think the funding aside, I think there's a bit more credibility when. You know, another organization, sentencing project comes in and works with these people because you can sort of understand the yeah. residency. So the yeah. NL, so the well, NLA and TARP, we should probably talk a little bit about both of those. So the NLA and TARP. Yeah, like just what are they for the people that don't know? What are? Um, they? Well, the the National Lifers of America um, has been around for decades. It was. Um, it first came about in 1980, and uh, it has came in and out because the Department of Corrections didn't want it. And sometimes it went back and forth, um, yeah. and there will be a history of it on the website that you're creating. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it it has been an advocacy group on the inside. It used to be fairly large, and it used to run a lot of programs yeah. within the department. At one time, and it and it and it consists. You know, people don't understand Michigan, um, the Jackson Prison. Yeah. Uh, that was that is the largest walled prison in the country, mm. and people don't. You know, they, they, a lot of people don't know that historical fact, mm. and um, that prison had large. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how many prisoners it housed at one time, yeah. but there's so many sections of it. Yeah. And um, it was developed there. And at one time, Michigan only had four prisons. Yeah. And that, you know, those, those prisons were fairly large and mm. old, really old. You have one <laughs> yeah. minute remaining. But... The NLA um, started drafting all types of bills, working with legislators, um, working with other organizations, doing community service, coming up with uh, crime prevention programs. Yeah. They were the legal arm of prisoners within the prison system. Yeah. And, and when, when, when so we come back, we'll talk about what TARP is quickly, and then we'll get back on to... Yes. Yeah. We'll get back on, because I'm going to jump around. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> and but I mean it it is a it is a great program. It's um, we just need more help 
from the outside. Yeah. And, uh, and I say help as I'm talking about lawyers, professors. In other states, their lifers groups are supported by law schools and everything. And, I, so, I, and, and part of the reason for discussing the NLA, well, and the TARP, for, for me anyway, is for people to sort of understand that this that the second look legislation bill was sort of not their idea, but you know, for came, from, came from uh, the NLA. So just to Ooh. sort of prove that... Um, there is some use, so to speak, to them. Anyway, we'll continue when Jamie rings back. <laughs> well, welcome back to part three of the second look, or well, the, the history of the second look in Michigan. And this is Prison Talk with Jamie Mead and Emma Charleston. Right. You always forget. <laughs> Well, it's not that I forget. It's just that I get distracted. At the moment, I have a tiny puppy eating a, a plastic bottle right next to me, and I was trying to kick it away. Not the puppy, the bottle. <laughs> um, oh. Before I was talking, <laughs> just to be really clear, um, before before when I was talking to you and then the phone hung up, I just basically said the reason why I sort of wanted to hear about the NLA and, and TARP was because we're talking about the, the, the sort of the history or the background behind Second Look in Michigan and obviously TARP and NLA have a huge part to play in that. And so I thought people that didn't know about either or would get a bit of an idea. So we've sort of touched on yeah. the NLA. So now I suppose TARP is something you should sort of explain to people as well. Yes. Um, I, I want to say I because of COVID, I get mixed up on the years because we was idle for so long. Yeah. But TARP, TARP, I'm... I'm pretty sure it was 2020 it was formed and it was um the idea was from um joshua puckett who's incarcerated who's an 18 year old um and now since 18 is considered juvenile offender he will be going back in i believe june for resentencing and most likely released mm. and um josh has been incarcerated I want to say 27 years, 28 years, Kose. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, his number is a little bit, I think he's a, he has a 253 number or something like that. But yeah. um, you, he does have a Facebook and everything connected. I believe it's connected to TARP and everything. Yeah. But his profile's on TARP also. But he is the founder. Him and, um, uh, now I can't even remember her name. Wow. That is my, it's still early here. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll use that as an excuse. Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, but, it's um, I never met her and I, I did know her name, but yeah, I'm drawing a blank as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Laurel, Laurel Young, an attorney that represented Josh was a part of the, uh, founding of it. Um, Christian Wiesenberg was a part of the founding of it. Um, he came in because Laurel was his mentor. He's another attorney. Um, mm. Stephen uh, Silla yeah. is Josh's godfather, and he was a part of it. And he's actually the founder of Tarp Village. Mm. And the reason Tarp was formulated was because we wanted to come up with a to have an organization that certifies the safety of certain prisoners through a process of taking programs, earning college degrees and everything. Yeah. And, um, 
the Adolescent Redemption Project was to, an idea was to raise the age to up to 25 based on the neuroscience um, yeah. of brain development in youthful offenders. Yeah. And it grew and became what we like to call a sister uh, organization to NLA. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, NLA is on the inside, TARP's on the outside. Yeah. And we, we, most people that participate at TARP, that sit on TARP's board, are outside. Um, yeah. Nadia, Josh's fiance, is the president of it yeah. at the moment. And she's been doing a lot of work. Um, and out of that came TARP, T-A-R-R-P. Um, that's the adolescent redemptive, a restorative, and redemptive and restorative program, isn't it? Yeah, project. I think they changed it to project. Yeah. The P is yeah. Um, adolescent restorative redemptive project. Yeah. And that is a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization that is the sister organization to to TARP, the yeah. Adolescent Redemption Project, which is a five hundred one. C4. The C4 advocates and lobbies while the C3 is a nonprofit. And that's where the programs come through. um, Because that's the purpose of that organization is to offer programs from Civic Engagement Program, CEP. I'm pretty sure I did that, said that right. There's a gang intervention program. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Because <laughs> I don't have the papers in front of me. No, do I. We we're be, actually we going to start the civil, <laughs> civil engagement program here, civic engagement program here yeah. at Macomb. We're going to be pushing for that. Yeah. Um, but what now the, our idea is to use the NLA on the inside and TARP on the outside to run programs through the NLA as TARP as the uh, parent organization. Yeah. And we have merged, you know, co-partners. Yeah. Um, Josh is a, a board of, sits on the board of directors for the NLA. Yeah. As a liaison between TARP and the NLA. Yeah. So. So he's that link between the inside so that, and the outside. So, you know, it, it program, because right now in Michigan, um, a lot of the juvenile offenders, if the, say for 18 and 17, at one time, or still today in Michigan, if you're serving a life sentence or long indeterminate sentences, you're not allowed to participate in core programming. If they have additional self-help groups, you can get involved in them. But they don't have, they don't allow you to get into any core programs until you're like a year from your out date yeah. or t- time to see the parole board. And the idea was to assist um, prisoners with programming because of the fact that no one knew they were going to raise the age to 18. So yeah. all the 18-year-olds that were serving life without parole in the state of Michigan hadn't had too many programs underneath their belt. So the idea was to provide these programs to these prisoners um, through an outside organization, and whether it's an attorney, social worker, or a psychologist that come in once a, once a month, yeah. they will train a core group of guys and will help you know, help provide programming. Yeah. To so, assist uh, on reentry. Yeah. So, 
the two organisations, or three, if you want to, if you want TARP and TARP to be considered two separate ones, they're all working uh, with, from the inside with the outside for things that are going to help people with re-entry yeah. um, and that sort of thing. And they're quite and TARP's yeah. and, and, and NLA and TARP are quite active. I mean, TARP's one, been one around thing, a couple of years. They're active though. Yes, one thing I do want to point out. Yeah. So our listeners know, Joshua Puckett's incarcerated. Yeah. Josh brought me on board when he started developing it. Cassandra, I remembered her name. Yeah. Cassandra Anzalone. Anzalone? Anzalone. Yeah. That's the, the other co-founder of TARP. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, sorry, Cassandra, so I remember. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, Cassandra, if you're listening. Um, but both of these organizations are were founded from the ground up, mm. from people on the inside. Yeah, and that's what people need to realize. If if we can find, if we can develop these organizations on the inside, mm. just think what we can do on the outside. Yeah, we can be be an asset to society mm. by providing social welfare programming, um, and that social welfare is what these organizations fall under um, when you incorporate them as nonprofit organizations. Yeah. Because it's there to educate the public and assist people in society and inside prison. Yeah. And one of the things that one of the things that both organisations have managed to bring about is the very beginnings, if nothing else, of this second look legislation, which is going to, which is, which yes. is a good thing. Yes, because it it, it affects me directly mm. as a life without parole prisoner. Who had just turned eight or nineteen? Mm. Um, the the laws that changed to affect eighteen year olds doesn't affect me. Yeah, and this will allow me because I have over thirty years of incarceration. It allows me to go back and potentially get resentenced yeah. to, you know, um, be able to be released mm. and be an asset to society. Yeah, which so far and many many jobs. And what what's <laughs> what what uh, is odd and contradicts uh, a lot of the things that we were talking about. <laughs> um, many of the places offer jobs once I get out. You yeah. Know? Yes. So the uh, the employable opportunity, employment opportunity, with those same criminal justice reform advocacy groups is available to me once I get out. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think um, I think it'll be a nice little, I don't know what you want to call it, a nice little, a nice little sweet circle if, uh, you know, people that have been part of the, you know, the NLA, the, the TARP, in, in, um, to the point of the second look legislation, you know, just with the, at the very beginnings of it, if they also happen to benefit from something that they uh, were working with, I think that's a nice little example of um, just what can be achieved, because obviously you guys need help from people yeah. on the outside. You can't do it all from. You need people on the outside to help you, obviously. Yes, in Michigan especially, because Michigan has been very late on developing any type of criminal justice reform. Michigan is behind the ball. They're behind probably fifty. You have one minute remaining. 50%, they're behind 50% of the states in, in, in the United States because they're 
they're not willing to advance education through online access. They're not willing to advance um, to computers, to laptops, to um, mm. tablets that have some form of secured Wi-Fi. They're not willing to do that. Yeah. Um, Michigan I... was one of the last states to go to color TVs. Mm. They thought color TVs was a threat to security when people on death row had covered color TVs. <laughs> it was just it was insane, but that's the mentality of those individuals running the Department of Corrections. Mm. This is this is an industry for them. Yeah. This is something that keeps jobs in the state of Michigan because the auto industry left. Yeah. Yeah, well. But it's going to hang up, and we can always continue this conversation at a, a later point. Uh, but Thank you for using GTL. <laughs> okay. Bye.